You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. When we are receiving God's free gift of grace and living in it, truly receiving it though, that's the key, because we can say that we're receiving it, but really when we look internally, we're still trying to earn God's love or prove to God or others that we are good, that we can earn um, a gift that's really unearnable. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today, joined by two special guests. We've got J.D. Wilhelm and Jose Avaroa in the house. Guys, thanks for being here. What's going on? So good to be here. Jose, you kicked off a new series. Kind of last week was more of an intro, and then you unveiled a new mission statement for the church. And so I'd love to kind of get your thoughts as it sounds like not only was this something that you were preparing just for this week, but something that's been on your mind and heart for a few months now. So I'd love to kind of hear the backstory as you kind of prepared not only for this message, but also just for the series as a whole. Yeah, two other things that I did not say yesterday that are noteworthy are one, this is something the overseers of the church have been praying and thinking about and are in agreement with that this is to be our mission moving forward, to love people or to love God, love people and make disciples. And the second thing is I had a really great class in seminary talking about the mission of the church. And the basic right answer is actually just make disciples. That's really what the church exists to do, to make disciples. And so I was feeling brave and so I you know, wrote back in my paper saying how I agree and I think that it's important that we not only remember the Great Commission but also the Great Commandment because loving God and loving people is central to the commands that Jesus called us to obey. And the basically my professor came back to me and said, yes, you are right, but all of that is within making disciples. So in thinking about our church and what we want to emphasize, I think it is purely making disciples, but in that making disciples, we learn that what Jesus really came and taught us was to love him and to love people as he loved us. And so that's where it really came from in a nutshell. And I'm excited to talk about Love God. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was the first kind of week you touched on. And uh, a lot of the message you kind of broke down, particularly with Deuteronomy 6. But before we get there, I'd love to just kind of intro and just get both of y'all's thoughts when you think about loving God. And maybe what, just right away, what are some of the things, Jose, you mentioned yesterday, just the idea of the, we do have an enemy that is trying to always kind of, uh, whether it's telling us that God's holding out on us or that God really doesn't love us or we need to kind of work our way towards love. I'd love to kind of hear y'all's thoughts kind of right from the start as far as what are ways that you kind of have fought against the enemy's lies or temptations in order to really embrace this concept of God's love. Yeah, I think the enemy wants to deceive us and then the enemy wants to isolate us. And those kind of work hand in hand. And so personally, I have found that when I am in community, when I'm continually reminded of God's ways and in the word and in fellowship, in relationship with other people that are taking God seriously, that I'm growing in my faith. And I am, you know, recognizing that the enemy is trying to confuse and deceive different, you know, different ways that I see God or see God's love and uh, really trying to block me from returning 
the love that God's given to me uh, back to him, meaning loving him with all that I am. And so I, I see those two ways um, in my life, deceiving and also isolating. Yeah, and I think um, we talked about this a bit in Crosstalk in the fall. As a result of our brokenness, as a result of the broken world that we live in, none of the love that we experience here on earth is unconditional. So it can be really hard for us to enter into a relationship with God where where we know that that love is unconditioned, that it's without limit, that it's without what we bring to the table because we've never seen that. We've never received that before. And so we have to come to the place of, of understanding that God's love is unconditional, that there's nothing that we can do or bring or be good enough or do good enough to, to receive it, but it's already there and it's offered to us as a free gift. And I think that that's really the mindset that we have to get in because our culture and our world tells us something so much different in every relationship that we're in is that our love is conditional. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect segue just into this next question because Jose, you touched on that and even just the order of these as far as love God, then love people, then make disciples and how it's intentional putting God first and and just understanding, you said something, Jose, when we love God, the more we love God, the more we realize he loves us and then the more we are secure and it frees us to love people. So I'd love to kind of maybe just unpack that a little bit and kind of hear both of y'all's thoughts on how you've seen that kind of order as far Mm. as uh, recognizing and loving God and then recognizing our love for him and then from that, being able to love other people. Yeah, so along with what JD just shared about God's love being unconditional and that being foreign than any other relationship here on earth, once we are plugged into that relationship, when we are receiving God's free gift of grace and living in it, truly receiving it though, that's the key, because we can say that we're receiving it, but really when we look internally, we're still trying to earn God's love or prove to God or others that we are good, that we can earn um, a gift that's really unearnable. We cannot earn it. So when we are operating in that reality, when we're in relationship with Jesus, then that provides me the security to not operate in a conditional matter in my relationships here on earth. So I'll I'll add that the way that early on in my walk where this really came to fruition was in my relationship with my parents. When you know, I recognize that my dad was a good dad, but he was not a perfect dad. And he didn't need to be because I already have a perfect heavenly father. And we naturally look to our dads to emulate our heavenly fathers. Well, you know, I tell my kids all the time, I am, I'm imperfect. I messed up. Dad reacted, responded in a way that was not good your heavenly father is perfect. You have a God in heaven who loves you and will love you unconditionally in a way that I will never love you. That way I'm setting up my kids to have a personal relationship with their heavenly father before their relationship with me. They're little. And so, you know, it looks looks different right now in the season of, of our kids' life. But when I learned that, that freed me to love my dad in a new way, recognizing that he was imperfect. And just like me, I am imperfect, but we do have this perfect heavenly father that loves us so unconditionally. And so it shaped that relationship into being a very healthy one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I think that 
when we talk about loving God and, and receiving that gift, that's the unique part about that passage in Deuteronomy where it says, bind it on your forehead, yeah. put it above your doors. When, when we are consistently reminded of the truth of God's love for us, then our service, then our love, then our relationships are not self-serving, but they are selfless. I think that it's really, really cool when you're talking about that first John passage, but they are selfless. I think that it's really, really cool when you're talking about that first John passage yesterday morning. My favorite passage out of first John is that we love because he first loved us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key, right? Is, is receiving God's love and then, then we can point that outwards. And, and there's the temptation, right? Is like, even for us in ministry is we go and we do things and we serve with strings attached or we enter into relationships with strings attached, wanting to get something out of it when we have not spent time dwelling and receiving God's love for us. Yep. Yeah, that's that's so good. I think for me, just that third piece about, Jose, you mentioned about the more that we realize that God's love for us, the more secure and free that we mm -hmm. are to love others. I think that that's when I think about what holds me back from loving people well, it's my insecurity. It's like when I think about at the end of the day, whether it's a situation, whether it's a relationship, it really ultimately comes back to just that, um, just an insecurity about not really trusting. I may know it in my head, but not really trusting in my heart who God says I am and who I am in him. And so then I start to get down this weird, either like people pleasing or trying to perform for God or for others. And so I think that that's where just really kind of honing in on that too, I think just allows us to, to love others well. Um, on the Conversation Podcast, we'd love to talk practical things. And so Jose, as we talk about, okay, what does it look like to love God? I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to even love people right in front of me, let alone someone that I can't see. And so I think one of the ways, Jose, based on Deuteronomy 6, kind of breaking out based on our heart, soul, and strength. So I'd love to kind of take each one of those three, maybe think about some practical applications. So the first one is our heart. And so live is the Hebrew word for that. You're taking us to school and uh, talking about our will and affection. So I'd love to kind of get both of y'all's thoughts on what are some ways that we can practically love God with our will and our affection? That's really interesting. Before we even hopped on this today, we were talking about rhythms of life and about mm -hmm. habits. And for me, I, I've tried numerous times in my life to, to wake up early, to, to spend time in the word, to, to develop these rhythm, rhythms of life where I've created space. And for the first time in my life, it's actually taking hold. And what I've seen in it now, this has been two weeks, you know, but <laughs> what I've seen out of getting up really early while it's still dark outside and creating that space and that time is it starts my day by interacting with my father, my perfect heavenly father mm -hmm. first. So there I have, I've put myself in a position to receive before I even enter into the world, enter into my relationships. Because if I don't take that time, exactly like you're saying, Taylor, I act out of my own insecurities. I'm looking for affirmation. I'm looking for respect. I'm looking for all different sorts of things out of my relationships. And so for me, loving God is actually just first and foremost, creating time and space. There's, when we look at our priority list, we so oftentimes can get that out of whack. And even you can say like, oh, Jesus isn't number two or number three. He's one, but there's a one A and a one B. There <laughs> yeah. has to be a one and that's it. Yeah. Because I see it every day in the way that I, that I love and care for my wife, in the way that I care for my students. If I haven't taken that time and established that rhythm of life, mm -hmm. 
I fail in those relationships mm-hmm. more often than not. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of Matthew 2, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm. Then all these things will be given to you. And, and he's saying seek. Well, what do we seek with? Well, we seek with our mind. We seek with our being. We, we seek with the things that we're looking for. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. It's a daily thing. And if I'm not turning to God first thing in the morning, then I, I just notice a difference in my day. I do. It, it, I operate from a different place. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I would also say very practical. We could do life with one another, remind ourselves, hey, where are your, you know, where's your mind at? What, 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 what are you thinking about? Taylor and I ask each other that all the time. Taylor, my wife, not Taylor Christensen, but what are you, what are you thinking about right now? You know, that when, when there's a lot of silence and that way we can see what's, what's going on inside and, um, Naturally, we can direct that then to, to the Lord and, and see what he has for us uh, regarding whatever we may be going through that day or, or that season. But uh, God loves us and wants all of our affections. He doesn't just want some of our time. He wants every thought, good or bad, every moment, good or bad. Yeah. Yeah, those are really good thoughts. Uh, second one is soul. And I didn't write down the Hebrew word, but I just wrote down throat, question mark. <laughs> um, and uh, so talking about the whole being, talking about life and body. So again, so much of these are intertwined yep. and so much, yep. you know, so, but I, I'd love to kind of still stick with it and kind of think about practically what does it look like to, to love God with our whole being, uh, life and body. Yeah, it is worth mentioning. I mean, I did a pretty in-depth study beforehand and I got caught up and then I read others that also got caught up in the, hey, why does Deuteronomy 6 say it this way? And then in Matthew, he adds mind and in Mark and Luke, he says other things and then John just phrases it completely different. And so where is it nice and neat? And the question, the, the, the answer is, is it's not nice and neat neat. The whole uh, passage is calling us to give God all of our life, every aspect. That's the message. And then the way that it kind of breaks down into the different areas is is kind of cool. So I agree with you. It can get interesting. But yeah, this whole concept, what, what, uh, what, what stuck out to me about Soul, and I didn't say this yesterday, was we just watched the Pixar movie, Soul, with, with our kids. So good. Yeah, a little intense for a six-year-old oh, even, or, or maybe not definitely or seven movie. or five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, w- one thing I liked about that movie, we can talk a lot about, you know, it's not a Christian movie in any way, but it talked about purpose, in, in the movie, this guy's purpose of life. And I won't you know, spoil the movie if you haven't seen it, but this whole notion that the soul is separate from our, our, our body, we are, like everything that we are is, is, is soul. And we have a purpose. And God knows what that purpose is more than we do. And so when we give God all of who we are, then what he gives us is his purpose for our lives. And the thing that I've come to know and I'm solely convinced, or fully convinced of is that God's purpose for my life exceeded anything that I could have ever dreamed of for myself. And I only found that the more that I surrendered to him in relationship, in, in the small things. And then as those small things have continued, I've seen him unravel more of the big things as 
uh, you know, we take care of, of, of the little things. So he wants all of our life. Practically, I would say give him the little things. Give him that thought. Give him that relationship that you're struggling with. Give Release control and say, Lord, I can't. I need you to come through in this area. Whatever you may be struggling with, I think that's what it means to love him with all of our lives, with our soul. It's just whatever is whatever we're struggling with, hand that over to God and allow him to do something beautiful as um, you know, life continues. Yeah, I would totally piggyback off that. When I got into seminary, one of the questions they ask every quarter is, at this point in your Christian journey, what do you feel like God's call is hmm. on your life? And call or purpose, you can kind of use those interchangeably. And so when we talk about purpose and things of that, of that nature, I, when I first answered that question, I started at this very micro level that my that my calling or my purpose was this narrow thing that I felt like God had had given me that it was this small thing that this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. This is what my life is supposed to look like. And as I have continued to surrender more and more of myself to more and more that I know of God, that answer has only broadened. Mm -hmm. That answer has yeah. only broadened into my purpose is much more than a job. Yep. It's much more than being a husband. It's much more than being a parent or a son or a scholar or any of the things in our life that we find so much meaning and value in, which are really good things, by the way. Mm -hmm. But now you can look at it from the framework as as I surrender more to God, it actually becomes more broad, but it becomes more simple. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the beauty as I've been reflecting on the mission statement is what is maybe the universal call? What is the universal purpose of us as followers of Jesus Christ? Well, it's to love God, mm -hmm. to love people, and to make disciples. It's that simple. And so we each have a context in that. And I think that the Lord reveals more and more of that as we surrender more of ourself to him. And it starts in the little things. It starts with our relationships. It starts with our finances. It starts with our jobs. And it starts with parenting. And in that, that surrender only brings freedom mm -hmm. because the world becomes much more broad than the narrow perspective that we have. Yep. Yep. It is for for freedom that Christ has set us free, mm. Galatians yeah. 5 1. That's what he wants yeah. us to live in, the sense of freedom. That's so good, man. Yeah, I think something y'all both were sharing just reminded me about uh, that idea of fighting against compartmentalizing God. I know that's something you hear often in church, like putting him in a box, something I know for me that's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chief uh, compartmentalizer. And so uh, I think that for me, one of the things that just a truth that really resonated with me when I heard this years ago was just letting my testimony um, impact my biography as far as just how I went about, like, how was I going to be known? Is I just a, like a good guy that did a bunch of different things and just happened to, you know, know God or happened to? And and it's not that I'm, you know, everyone needs to go work for a church or a nonprofit. We'd all be in trouble if that happened. But I think that just letting, kind of how y'all are saying, letting God disseminate through all aspects of my life and all the relationships and all the rooms that I'm in as far as just, um, however that looks like just seeking and surrendering each of those to him, I think was a big thing. And that as a whole, my whole life would be a reflection of him and not just personally or professionally or just one of the two. So I think that that's something that y'all both had touched on that was really good. Um, the third one here is strength. 
loving God with your very, V-E-R-Y, as uh, Jose, you were talking about, which I love this. I had never really heard this perspective before, just your your passion and intensity. This isn't just about checking the box. So I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts about what does it look like to practically uh, love God with our very? Yeah, it's that accentuation of all your life. I mean, if you think you got it, covered. And if you think that you're checking the box in some way, I think this last one <laughs> is the challenging one. Well, there's more. There's there's literally that that word miod means muchness in, in the Hebrew. Um, and, and so there's more that we can love him with. And again, it's not that he wants something from us in order to give more to us. It's that he's already given us everything. And I think it speaks to how awesome his love is and how incredibly undeserving it is that Jesus came to serve and to give his entire life for every individual that has ever walked the planet, the history of humankind, so that we could then be like him and and learn to do life as the living God and serve others the way that he has served and loved us. And so this very is, is, is the, that extra, you know, the extra, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have examples of, I can see that better in others than in myself, but I, I, I see that when someone does something extra and you're like, this is too much, man. You didn't have to do that. You went over and beyond. You were incredibly generous. What? Um, I know we experienced that this this holiday season with the family just blessing us beyond measure. And I, I, I was just humbled. I couldn't even respond. I was like, what compelled you to do this? We don't deserve this. And I think that was the point. And that's only, you know, can't even begin to touch the the, the, the immensity of God's love mm-hmm. for us. So mm-hmm. strength, let's love him with all of our intensity and passion. I actually find, and bear with me on this, I'm a person of passion. I think mm-hmm. you and I, Jose, we can relate on that fact. I live my yeah. life out of passion yeah. and zeal and love for for life in a lot of ways. And it and it's actually in that um it's it's funny how it kind of stacked up like this. I'm I'm studying the Pharisees in in seminary okay. right now. And I find myself when we talk about this muchness, this mm-hmm. variness, I I find myself sympathizing with with the Pharisees. Um, because I see inside of the Pharisaical perspective, whether it's the 611 or 613 laws, whatever Jewish scholar you want to believe on that, their zeal, their their passion was for the law. Yeah. It was for this muchness. Mm-hmm. They wanted the ritualistic purity mm-hmm. was an outpouring of this passion for the law, this passion mm-hmm. for... God and it and it manifested in a very legalistic way, right. which is the corrective in right. this. Right. But when you look at the perspective of the Pharisees, they're saying, "Gosh, we need to be a people who are about the things of God, the things of the law, because that is where we see the freedom and the protection from from following the law." And so I look at that and I'm like, "Man, I understand that." Mm. And so it's only in understanding that perspective that the call of Jesus and his response to the lawyer is so remarkable to me. Love God, love others. Mm -hmm. Because they're so caught up in 
their passion for keeping the law and their passion for fulfilling the law, the requirements of the law, that they missed the purpose of the law itself. Yeah. And so when we redirect that passion for the things of God, when we redirect it into the freedom found in Christ, that is where the fruit is. Mm-hmm. It no longer is a checklist, this list of a 611 or 613 things to do to be good and to be right with God, as we talked about at the beginning. But wow, my passion is redirected for the things of God. Mm -hmm. My passion then becomes a force for Christ in my family, in my community, in my school, in my workplaces. And that's how we see as the Cypress's vision of changing a community and changing a world. That's it right there is is embracing the passion and directing it into the things of God mm-hmm. and not into the checklist mentality of doing right and being right before God. Yeah, that's so good, man. And it reminds me of Paul's words in Philippians 3 when he's mm-hmm. basically owning these Pharisees and saying, look, I was, I was chief among you. Shoot, we don't know the narrative, but I love thinking about this, that some of the Pharisees that asked Jesus that question later knew Paul. You know, and and would say, yeah, we 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 tried to get that Jesus guy, and Paul, you know, never met Jesus. He never saw him. At least we 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 don't know. We we don't have a written account. But bottom line, they were in the same world. Mm-hmm. And then Paul had this crazy mystical experience with 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 God, um, and writes this in Philippians three, which is what we talked about two two uh, two Sundays ago. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ my Lord, and he's looking at what God has done for him rather than what he could do for God. And it's such a fine line there because mm-hmm. I agree, there is so much appreciation for the devotion of the Pharisees, and yet you can get so far on that road and totally miss, mm-hmm. miss the point that it's not about what we can do, it's about what he's done for us. And then all of this is just, it's just a response. And we need to be continually reminding ourselves in every aspect mm-hmm. because yeah. it's so yeah. easy to get, to get uh, you know, going down the other direction. Yeah, I, the first Sunday I ever got the chance to come to Cyprus was uh, the week that Dave Eubank was here. Uh-huh. And I think that he, it, for me, it, I was just trying to think of, of the instances that kind of embody that. For me, Dave was not up on stage trying to say the right thing, to do the right thing. He's not trying to check boxes. You can see that he is a man. He was restraining himself (laughs) on stage because he was so passionate Mm -hmm. about the things of God, not in a legalistic way, but in the change that he wished to see in the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, And he's pulling himself back from that so that he's not too much or too intense for us as the casual observer coming to listen to him speak on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great example. And I'd love to even just kind of, I think about someone that's maybe listening or me, myself, I think about Dave and I'm like, yeah, there's no way, like I'm not there. <laughs> like that's just, that's <laughs> going to be, I don't know how long it's going to take. And that's something Jose, you touched on as far as with it being a process and with it being a journey. Mm-hmm. So maybe just talk and share both of y'all just kind of as we as we close, kind of a little bit of the both the beauty of that. Because I think in some ways, for some people that are type A, they just want a checklist, they're gonna be disappointed by that. But then some that are overwhelmed and they're like, I, I can't be like Dave, I can't be like someone else. It's 
like what's kind of the, what have you seen to be the beauty of just that journey as far as just loving God? Yeah, I mean, all three of us are very young bucks, <laughs> and maybe the peak idealism and and desire to produce for for the kingdom and and do good things. And I do look at people like Dave. I look at people like Bob, I look at people like Rob in my life, um, and I see this sense of peace that they have because they know mm-hmm. that they're abiding in Christ and that they're in fellowship with the living God. And that that is way more important than anything that we could ever do here on earth. And again, going back to Jesus's words in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and then the rest of these things will come. And I think if we focus on this first and greatest commandment, loving God just today with whatever circumstance or thoughts you may be consumed with or by, turn those over to God. Allow that to be what you're in, in, in relationship with. And then tomorrow will be another day. And the more we do that, then I think the more Jesus-like we, we become. Yeah, I had a had a pastor friend and uh, who said it this way to me one time, and it makes a lot of sense. So I hope that it makes some sense as as I kind of regurgitate. He said that the process of of becoming more like God is giving all that you know of yourself to all that you know of God, and so both of those are happening on parallel tracks. Like right, we we learn more about ourselves. And we also learn more about God. And so for me, I being a type A kind of achiever personality, I want a list. I want a, I want a, um, a checklist to kind of take steps in the right direction. And, and I think the, the cool part of that is maybe just sitting and being self-reflective. What do I know about myself? What do I know about God? And what is my next step, to quote Bob Moss here, what is my next step? in my relationship with yeah. Jesus? Where can I give more of myself? And where can I know more of God as, as I walk forward in this relationship? And that kind of, for me, gives a bit of structure to what can be an overwhelming process of where do I start? What do I go? What do I do? It's like, I don't know. Like People have been writing about this for 2,000 years. Like You can find endless numbers of resources beyond the Bible itself. And okay, what do I... What do I know about myself? Yeah. What, do I know, what do I know about God? And what is the next step for me in my relationship with Jesus? So good. So good. Jose, I'd love to give you the final word as we wrap up this message on loving God and maybe even a preview for the weeks to come. Yeah, it's simple. It's that, it really is this simple. God wants us to return uh, to him, the love that he's given so freely to us because he wants to be in relationship with us. You know, people, well, if it's unconditional, I've heard, I've heard this and, and thought this at times, why would God want our worship, our devotion, if he already gave us a free gift of grace? Well, he wants you and he wants me to be in relationship. That's who he's after. He's not after stuff. He's not after our money. He's not after our time necessarily. He's after all that we are. And so let's do that well. And then next week we'll be talking about loving people, which is also central to God's commandment, the greatest commandment, and also the great commission, which we will be discussing after that. Excited for the conversations to come. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. 
It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.